Season 1 of The Last of Us is officially in the books with what many feel is the second best video game adaptation ever. Number one is obvious. I got a feeling we're not in Brooklyn no more. As with most adaptations, there were some changes from the game to the small screen throughout the journey, and I will go over some of the more prominent ones I noticed while replaying the game along with the show's release. If you still need to watch our part 1 video from the first half of the season, you can do so here. I believe I only made two mistakes on that one, so it's not too bad. In episode 6, we see the much-anticipated reunion between Joel and Tommy, but in the game, Joel shoots Tommy in the head and becomes president of Jackson, bringing capitalism to the former commune. Okay, that didn't happen, but it was worth it if just one show watcher paused the video to look it up. In the game, Joel and Ellie make it to Jackson at the end, but before that they meet Tommy and Maria at the dam we see at the beginning of the episode. The game doesn't feature that little altercation we see between Joel and Ellie with the riders outside of town, and the opening scene when they stumble upon the couple in the cabin. I need you to tell us where we are. If you got a map, why are you lost? You must have missed all the street signs in the enormous fucking forest. Holy! <laughs> Joel and Tommy's conversation surrounding Ellie is a little more contentious in the game, and their relationship is generally more strained. I got nothing but nightmares from those years. You survived because of me! It wasn't worth it. Bring you the cure from mankind, and you want to play the pissy little brother? We ain't back in Boston. You lay your hands on me again, it won't end well for you. But before finding any resolution to their argument, the dam is attacked by raiders. In the game, we see Tommy and Joel fight side by side, whereas there is no such threat in the show. And that can be considered a blanket change because many action sequences are cut from the game. Whether it be a human threat or from the infected, there are many instances of this throughout the show, which has received criticism from the fans of the game. Like the show, however, Joel does ask Tommy to take Ellie the rest of the way, but in the game Ellie can deduce what is going on and runs away instead. It is when Joel and Tommy find Ellie that they have that emotional argument that impacts watchers of the game and show alike. Is this really all they had to worry about? Boys? Movies? Deciding which shirt goes with which skirt? It's bizarre. Listen, uh... Why are you here? I came here to talk to you. No, why are you still here? If you're gonna ditch me, ditch me. Tommy knows this area oh, better fuck than- Oh, Well, I'm sorry. I trust him better than I trust myself. Stop with the bullshit. What are you so afraid of? I'm not her, you know. Maria told me about Sarah and- No. You are treading on some mighty thin ice here. I'm sorry about your daughter, Joel. I have lost people, too. You have no idea what loss is. Everyone I have cared for has either died or left me. Everyone fucking except for you. So don't tell me that I would be safer with someone else, because the truth is I would just be more scared. You're right. You're not my daughter. And I sure as hell ain't your dad. Then they are interrupted by raiders during the fight because the game can't let you breathe for a minute after being emotionally drained. Still, when it concludes, Joel decides to take Ellie the rest of the way. Whereas in the show, it's Ellie's decision. You deserve a choice. I still think you'd be better off with Tommy. Let's go. Okay. Ellie, get off your horse. Give it on back to Tommy. I'm gonna hang on to this fella. That's all right with you. Oh, don't make me repeat myself.
A lot of stuff from Jackson was a show edition, mainly Ellie and Maria and their discussion around Sarah. In the game, Ellie and Maria are separated from Joel and Tommy during the initial attack on the dam, and they have these conversations off-screen. Be careful who you put your faith in. The only people who can betray us are the ones we trust. A lot of what we see in Jackson, for example, the kitchen, the farms, the little movie theater, basically a thriving community amid an apocalypse, can be found at the beginning of The Last of Us Part 2. So this serves as a nice little preview for the place Joel and Ellie will eventually call home by the first season's end. The moments Ellie and Joel share together after their departure are similar in both show and in the game. But if you make it to 10 yards, then you're back to first now? Yep. I found the bonding sequence in the show to be stronger than in the game, but both do a good job of establishing their evolving relationship. There's an added scene in the show where Joel confesses to Tommy everything he's struggling with physically and emotionally, including his trouble hearing and inability to fight off enemies. Five years ago, I would have destroyed him, but she had to shoot him to save me. 14 years old. It represents a key difference between the show and the game, where Joel is a bit more broken down in the former, and an absolute killing machine in the latter. When the two get to Colorado, we see a similar situation in the game. The Fireflies have left for Salt Lake, leaving behind nothing but monkey doctors. <laughs> little monkey doctor taking your temperature. I'll be right, the doctor will be right with you. The little monkey walks in. Their altercation with David's men is a bit more hectic. The show shows a much abridged action sequence, ending with Joel being stabbed instead of impaled after fighting through a small army. Ellie is also much more involved in the escape, which again ties into another big picture change from game to show. She successfully saves Joel and both, but in the game he passes out and the next thing we see is Ellie hunting, which is a bit of a misdirection. Structurally, the most significant change in episode 7 is where it happens in the narrative. Left Behind is a DLC in the game and is available once you finish the main story. The episode mirrors the format from the DLC. However, there are a few noticeable changes, especially with everything involving Ellie and Joel. In the game, Ellie brings Joel to what appears to be an abandoned mall, and it's much more complex circumstance to find a way to save Joel from his wounds. Run-ins with infected, David's men that followed them from the hospital, abandoned helicopters, a bunch of locked doors, real sick shit. And going back to what I alluded to earlier with Ellie, she is far more capable at this time of the story. She is taking down everything that gets in her way in a way that is not seen in the show at all. Either that or I'm just like really good at the game, but... This sequence is one of the changes that makes sense for the show. Including as many obstacles as possible in the DLC makes it a more entertaining and worthwhile mission for the players to complete, while also delivering more development for Ellie in her relationship with Joel. Near the beginning of the episode, Ellie is scolded by a Fedra officer after Ellie fights another girl. In a blink-and-you'll-miss-it moment, you can see the Naughty Dog logo on the officer's keychain. We also see Ellie's Walkman and the cassette tape of Aha's debut album, High and Low, which contains the iconic song, Take On Me, which has an emotional significance to The Last of Us Part Two. Another fun reference to the game can be found when Riley takes Ellie to Macho Nacho, a Taco Bell knockoff featured in both The Last of Us game and the Uncharted series. Can you imagine taking orders from a paranoid psychopath? This sounds like my first job. <laughs> what, the producer on your TV show? No, my manager from Macho Nacho. You worked at a Macho Nacho? It was a high school job. Did you wear one of those hats? The point is, my boss was a paranoid psychopath. He was the manager at a Macho Nacho. Also, we notice that Ellie is no longer wearing long sleeves in this episode since she doesn't have to conceal any bite marks. And in the game, she wears a tank top during most of the sequence for the same reason. 
As for the flashbacks between Ellie and Riley, the show did an excellent job of adapting the sequence to the screen. Specific minor changes are present, such as showing Ellie's time at the Fedra Training Academy, but the relationship between the two and the journey they share is virtually the same. Now roar. Roar. Ellie, really? Fucking roar! I did find it funny that you can choose to accept or reject the alcohol from Riley in the game, but in the show, Ellie ain't no square. Zero hesitation. Whatsoever. And it made me sad that the pictures from the game didn't print, but at least Ellie gets to hold on to that memory in the show. Also in the game, Ellie has to use her imagination when playing the arcade game since it doesn't work. I guess shout out to HBO for having the rights to Mortal Kombat, so she can experience the joy of busting out a fatality on someone's ass. Of course, everything else that plays out in the mall isn't an exact adaptation. Still, both did an excellent job building the connection between these two characters effectively, making both versions equally devastating. In episode 8, we right, guys, see Ellie before we finish and, this episode, what, I want to give here? a quick shout-out to today's sponsor, Smile Brilliant. Are you serious? Right, right now? Hey, look, I'm a floating head. I always gotta interrupt my videos. Never lets me have my own thing. Bad breath can be an annoying problem to deal with, especially when in social settings, like out on a date or recording a podcast with your buddies. Only 2% of the population has enough naturally occurring good bacteria to fight off bad breath and maintain a healthy mouth. What people don't realize is that when brushing your teeth or using mouthwash, you're killing both the good and bad bacteria in your mouth. Unfortunately, bad bacteria grows back much faster than good bacteria. So even if you use these products consistently, you may still find yourself with bad breath. But we have a solution. Smile Brilliant's Dental Probiotics. Chewable tablets with concentrated amounts of the healthy bacteria your mouth needs, so that you can speak freely without worrying about any dirty looks from your friends or coworkers. Chewed once a day before bed and after brushing your teeth, these tablets populate your mouth with the good bacteria first, before the bad stuff has a chance to grow back. By repeating this process on a daily basis, studies have shown that you can truly increase the population of good bacteria, while subsequently reducing the population of bad bacteria. Studies have also shown that clinical-grade dental probiotics reduce plaque, cavities, gum inflammation, and of course bad breath. So head on over to smilebrilliant.com and check out their dental probiotics. You can also browse their selection of other products like mouth guards, electric toothbrushes, whitening gel, whitening trays, water flosser, and more. Plus, you will receive 20% off your order when you use promo code NERDSOUP at checkout. So, don't wait. Head on over to their website, choose the products that are right for you, and take care of your teeth. You know what, on second thought, I'm actually happy Teddy uses those probiotics because, uh, his shit be stinking sometimes. In episode 8, we meet the Creepy Cannibal Crew, which I actually believe is the title of the episode. The show gives us more insight into the group through the episode's opening scenes, where the game picks up with Ellie hunting. The initial meeting between David and Ellie is identical, but there is an extended sequence where the two must fight off a horde of infected together while they wait for Buddy Boy to return with the medicine. We are again shown just how capable Ellie is at this point in the story versus her show counterpoint, and it also builds a fragile trust between Ellie and David before the revealing of his true intentions. 
He said that the others had been slaughtered by a crazy man. And get this, he's a crazy man traveling with a little girl. Everything happens for a reason. James, lower the gun. She really was just mowing fucking people down. We also learned that David used to be a school teacher before the outbreak, which adds another level of creepiness to his character when you factor in his intentions with Ellie. Not only does David scar Ellie for life, but he feeds the human remains of a man to his surviving wife and daughter after telling them the ground was too hard to bury any more bodies. And I guess this doesn't make a huge difference, but seeing Ellie be capable and hold her own would further solidify David's want to keep Ellie around later on. Still, a cultish weirdo portrayal of David in the show negates that and makes him probably more terrifying as a villain. Everything after this point is adapted almost verbatim from game to show. For what it's worth, this is just dear meat, I swear. What is it? It's deer. Is some human helping on the side? No. No, I, I promise it's just the deer meat. The conversations they have while Ellie is in prison to Joel coming to and interrogating David's men. It's okay. No. I believe him. No. Ellie's escape and killing of David, and the emotional moment she shares with Joel at the end of the episode. A minor difference being that in the game, Joel is the one who stops Ellie from stabbing indefinitely, whereas in the show, Ellie stops herself and then walks outside. It makes the moment even more personally tragic for Ellie, something horrible she experiences entirely alone. He tried to... Oh, baby girl. It's okay. It's okay. No. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, baby girl. One thing constant in both is the absolute whiplash of emotions that occur in rapid succession when experiencing the story. Before we get to the events in the hospital, I should mention the flashback scene that transpires at the beginning of the episode featuring Ellie's mom, Anna, who is played by none other than Ashley Johnson, who voices Ellie in the original game. Who the fuck is this punk and what's she doing here? I am none of your goddamn business, and we're here because you owe Joel some favors. Oh. You can start by taking these off! In this scene, not present in the game, we witness Anna give birth to Ellie right after being bitten by an infected, which confirms a popular fan theory that Ellie was born to a human with cordyceps. This scene simultaneously expands the series' lore, while showing us the most crucial moment in Ellie's young life. It also establishes that Anna and Marlene have been friends for a long time, and Anna's dying wish was for Marlene to take Ellie somewhere safe. Unfortunately, the connection between Ellie's mom and Marlene makes it hard for Marlene to sacrifice Ellie for the vaccine. The emotional connection between Ellie and Marlene could have been stronger in the game if this flashback sequence with Ellie's mom had been included. Thus, it is a change that adds immense emotional weight to Marlene's final moments. You've just come after her. And that feeling indeed carries over to the finale. The changes in Joel's attitude towards Ellie is something they adapted very well. In both show and game, Joel becomes more comfortable in his role as a father figure towards Ellie. The dynamic between Joel and Ellie is similar, as it is evident that she is nervous about their journey possibly ending. Their conversations are similar, but a key difference is that Joel doesn't say he tried to commit suicide in the game. 
Also in the game, Ellie gives Joel a picture of him and Sarah that she got back at the dam earlier. Again, a big difference is the show omits a big run-in with Infected in the tunnel. They are faced with multiple bloaters. After a near-death experience, Ellie is rescued by Joel right before the Fireflies find them. Everything in the hospital virtually goes down the same. I was nervous going into this that this episode might scale back Joel's rage a bit, but the show held no punches. However, my version of Joel killed the nurses, which might speak more to me than it does Joel. Even the editing in the final moments of their escape is done the same as the cutscenes from the game. You can't save her. Even if you get her out of here, then what? How long before she's torn to pieces by a pack of clickers? That is, if she hasn't been raped and murdered first. But it isn't for you to decide. Or you. So what would she decide, huh? Because I think she'd want to do what's right. And you know it. Look. You can still do the right thing here. She won't feel anything. some tests on you and some others turns out there's a whole lot more like you people that are immune there's dozens actually ain't time a damn bit of good neither they've actually they've stopped looking for a cure they've actually Stop looking for a cure. I'm Take taking us home. home. I'm sorry. Their final moments approaching Jackson are very similar in both show and game, the game being a little more extended. Ellie makes Joel promise her that he did not lie about what happened in the hospital. And Ellie is somewhat reassured by his response. You find something new to fight for. And maybe that's not what you want. Swear to me. Swear to me that everything you said about the fireflies is true. I swear. So finally, after their long journey across the country, our two protagonists find themselves a home in Jackson, and begin their lives together as father and daughter. Now as the audience, we must wait to see how long that peaceful living lasts before the world forces them back into action. Luckily, we know there's a sequel game called The Last of Us Part 2, so this will certainly not be the last time we see Joel and Ellie in action. Overall, I found The Last of Us to be one of the more faithful live-action adaptations in recent memory. 
Sure, with any adaption, there must be some things altered and left out, but what impressed me were the little things, like including little conversations from the game while playing and visual references, all complementing the story that followed its inspiration beat for beat. Would I have liked to see a few more clickers? Sure. Could some of the episodes have been a little more fleshed out? Yes, but ultimately HBO delivered one of its best television seasons of late and stayed true to the story it adapted. What more could you ask for? Uh, I don't know. What more can I ask for? More clickers, more episodes, more violence? Also, you forgot to mention that Troy Baker, the voice of Joel in the games, plays James. So, could ask more of the show and more from you. Wow, that was probably our best review yet. Hey guys, Aaron the Nerd Soup Monkey here with a brief shameless plug before we end the video. Do you ever feel like you don't have an adequate amount of nerd soup in your life? Like you're going to bed hungry and yearning for the nonsensical yet entertaining nutrients our podcasts provide? Well, we've come up with the perfect solution. The Nerd Soup Fan Question Podcast, exclusively available to our Patreon supporters. You can sign up now by visiting patreon.com slash nerdsoup, and for the price of only $1 per month, you'll receive exclusive access to our weekly podcast, where we answer your questions that don't make it to the main show. And while you're there, you can check out the other rewards we offer to our patrons, like stickers, mugs, t-shirts, behind-the-scenes footage, and appearing in the credits at the end of our videos. And that's exactly what we're going to do right now. Roll the names of the nerds who make nerd soup possible. The reason why the crypto crash didn't send our lives spiraling down a black hole of no return. Alright, I'll stop talking so you can listen to this jazzy-ass music while checking if Bo spelt your name wrong in the credits.